This is Speaking with the Enemy on the Thai Cats Audio Network. Here is Louis Butko. Yes, the show is Speaking with the Enemy. The Enemy this week, the Montreal Alouettes. And to discuss that, we bring in the play-by-play voice of the Owls on TSN 690 in Montreal. It's Sean Campbell. And uh, Sean, three and six, uh, you know, fans in, in Hamilton can can appreciate probably what, what Montreal fans are going through right now uh, at the halfway point of the season. Uh, safe to say, like the Ticats, maybe below expectations of, of, of where they thought they'd be right now. I think both teams thought they were going to be better than Toronto. I think that's exactly where they are. Uh, you know, I, I think before the season, I was looking at a Hamilton top of the division. Alouettes maybe making a run at them for that top of the division. It still might be the case. And I think the next two matchups, both in Montreal over the next uh, five weeks with Hamilton coming a couple times uh, and Montreal on a homestand of four games plus a bye week, I think this is huge for Montreal. It's huge for Hamilton too. There's the, you're at the halfway mark of the season. It's been disappointing for both teams. I think both teams had higher expectations. Both teams have gone through some questions at quarterback. It's pretty relatable, these two teams. So I'm really looking forward to the matchup this weekend. Should be a great one. Uh, four o'clock kickoff we'll have here on the Ticats Audio Network. Of course, you'll have the call on TSN 690. Uh, looking at the Alouettes and Ticats, again, both coming off Big wins for the Alouettes. It was coming off a win against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. How do they keep the momentum going this week? Have you do you, do you get the sense that that they're looking at that game as a turning point of their season? I think they have to. I think the just even the back to back against Winnipeg. Let's be honest, it was a continuation of just one large game. And yes, it was a fifteen points down, and then a forced turnover with a short field of. 13 yards and that's the difference in the game so it was really back and forth for both uh games the owls went toe-to-toe with the top team in the in in the in the cfl and i think that the, they did a solid job so uh, i think they could build off of it and i think how do they do it they do it off their defense noel thorpe is starting to install something since he came in and taken over baron miles uh, you could see there's a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. It's coming from different angles, different positions. Uh, you know, the opposition isn't prepared. They're not, they're, they're having a tough time scouting the owls and what they want to do. It's been a little bit more erratic in a good way for the owls defensively. Their DBs aren't giving up so many pass interference calls. So if they're going to have success and build off, I think it starts from the defense first. Yeah, and uh, you know we we obviously know how what a good defense can do for a team. Uh, we've been spoiled here in, in Hamilton for for a few years with what we've gotten to see. Uh, and and the Ticats have talked about that too. What is it about Noel Thorpe that that he's really adjusted? And and because there has been a lot of change over this season with the coaching staff, you know, we we obviously know Kahari Jones, but where do you get the sense that they're starting to gel with new faces, new bodies, new voices? Yeah, I think with Noel Thorpe, what it is, is it's just a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. And uh, it's not always just the defensive line, which as a group has done a good job, but there's no superstar coming out there with seven, eight sacks just yet. It's kind of today, it's Mike Moore, to the next day it's Nick Usher, then it's going to be Amanda Sewell. And they're also forcing quarterbacks out of the pocket, making them uncomfortable, making throws that they don't want. Just look at that game a couple of weeks ago against Zach Kalaros. He was uncomfortable all game long. They didn't have a boatload of sacks, but they were able to get to the quarterback. And, and the other thing is, yes, Noel Thorpe has come in, but it was almost at the same time they were starting to get healthy at the linebacker position. They were missing Chris Ackie. And I know that they got rid of Trey Watson. 
Tyrell Richards, their, their rookie, who got some starting time, he, he's injured as well. Uh, throughout that, they picked up Mika Alwe, and then they found this kid, Tyrese Beverett. Uh, I know he's bounced around uh, around the CFL, but he was a special teamer, and now he is part of the starting linebackers. Sometimes they go a 3-4, the Owls, and they'll bring one of those linebackers. You just don't know which one. So it's just a little bit more variety, and I think that the linebacking core getting healthy. Darius Pickett was out for a while. He's back in. I think that has made a huge change to the defense. Yeah, and let's switch to the offense because Trevor Harris, you know, last time going into the game against Toronto or against Hamilton, excuse me, uh, we talked about how he's had big games against Hamilton before, uh, you know, when he was a member of the Red Blacks, but he he was hot. And it just seems the last couple of weeks, maybe it's the opponent, but it, it just really hasn't been there. What have you seen from Trevor Harris and, and what's the confidence level in him to, to turn things around here with this group? Well, I think the confidence level has to be there because Vernon Adams Jr. was placed on the sixth game. Now that you could say that's a salary cap move because he's making so much money and that's why he's on the uh, sixth game right now. The confidence is there for Trevor Harris. I wouldn't say it's been an awful season, but it hasn't been a great season. It's kind of just been there. And I think Al's fans want a little bit more for Trevor Harris. There have been my times where he's gotten those interceptions, but it's usually in situations when the Owls are trailing and he's forced to throw a ball. And during play, when it's a close game, he won't turn over that ball. He's very good at protecting the football. The one thing I've noticed over the last few weeks, the Owls have gotten back to their run game. Now, they're not putting up big numbers, but earlier in the season when Anthony Calvillo wasn't calling the plays, you were getting 10, 11, maximum 12 carries on your running backs. Now, over the last few weeks, and maybe it was something they saw in Winnipeg, they're getting up to 18, 19, 20 carries on their running backs, and they're splitting it. It's not just Antwi. They brought in Tavian Feaster. Walter Fletcher was there for a while. They're still trying to figure out their run game and who's the go-to guy, but they are also getting more carries, and it's not always pass, 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 trying to be a little bit less more less predictable with Anthony Calvillo calling the plays. So I think that takes a little bit more pressure on Trevor Harris to get a run game going, but it puts more pressure on him because he's going to throw less, and he has to make sure that those throws count. Yeah, and it, it, this this Cats uh, front uh, line, the D line. We talked to Micah Johnson about it today. They've they've been real good lately, and I think that'll be one of the matchups to to definitely watch to see if the Owls can get something going on the ground. If the Owls uh, are to come out victorious in this one, what will have to go right for them? What will have to go wrong for the Cats, Do you think? I think I'm going to start with the run game, and it's almost like every pregame show. I'm with Marco Bruyette. We, we talk about it's like, what do the Owls need to do is establish the run game because <laughs> this offense, let's let's be honest, when the season started and Kahari Jones is probably one of the reasons why Kahari Jones lost his job was built around Will Stanback. Will Stanback, you hand it off, you're second and three every single time or it's first and 10 because he went 12 yards and the whole offense was built. So they had to change and adapt. Now we could see, like I said, establishing that. I always say if you're running the ball in the third quarter, quarter that's a good sign that means you're in a football game so i think establish a run they don't need a hundred yard game but they have to make sure that the opposition thinks they're going to run the ball sometimes it's not oh they're, they're just play action and they're not going to use a running back the other factor is the defense if the owls defense has been playing like they did against winnipeg i think hamilton's in trouble and i know that there's some quarterback questions uh dane evans schultz and uh schultz is a little bit more mobile they like to use them running they have been splitting the last time the owls were in hamilton they split some series and uh, I know the Owls know Matthew Schultz pretty well 
But the Owls' defense really impressed me the last few weeks. Last uh, game against Winnipeg, it was in the fourth quarter. Winnipeg was driving. They were in field goal range. They get that field goal. It's a two-score game. The Owls' defense needed to have a moment. They're creating their moments. They get the sack, the fumble, the turnover. Owls score the other way. That's why they won the football game. It wasn't because of, yes, there was missed field goals along the way, but because their defense stepped up. And this defense has been stepping up with big moments. I think you might get one big moment from the defense. And if you have a run game, that's one of the reasons the Owls would be victorious. Uh, we, when we heard, bring up Kari Jones, when we heard uh, you know, that he had no longer had his job, when he was fired uh, in Montreal, Danny Machocha specifically talked about discipline. That continued to be an issue even after Kahari had left. Is it still an issue, and, and how are they addressing it? Yeah, it's been less of an issue. The first few games uh, that uh, Danny Machocha, it looked like it was the same thing. But you still got penalties, but you were getting less of the penalties after the whistle. The penalties, all right, you just stopped them on second down, and then I just shoved the guy, and then they got a free 15 yards. They did happen a little bit, but I haven't seen them in the last three weeks. That level of discipline has changed. You're going to get procedure calls. You're going to get offsides. You're going to get some pass interference. It's a CFL. It's it's a flag-driven league. But it's the ones that you can prevent that Danny Machocha has really helped and maybe that's a little bit more discipline from the head coach than Kahari Jones. Not that Kahari Jones wanted that, but I think he wanted his players to have an edge. And he didn't mind if they crossed the line or there wouldn't be discipline if somebody took two 15-yarders in a game. That's a little bit different under Danny Machocha. It took a while. It wasn't night and day. Danny Machocha didn't take over, and that happened right away. It did take a little bit. Uh, Danny Machocha has said that he's just going to be the interim coach for this season. You know, he wants to do a full head coach search in the off season. What is he looking for this year? Is he looking for his, his next great quarterback? Is he hoping that it's Trevor Harris? Because uh, you, you know, you think you plan long-term with this team. If he's the head coach, what do you think Danny Machocha is looking for this year from his football team? Yeah. Well, what, one, the, the, the message from above, it's wins. And we know that that starts with ownership, ownership. Uh, this, this franchise is important for them to get the wins. They need fans in the stands. They took a hard hit COVID hurt every CFL team, but teams like Montreal that don't have these built in fan bases need to grow it. And they were expecting to grow it this year. And then they put the face of the franchise, Vernon Adams jr. That's changed. I think finding a quarterback and making sure you know who the guy is next year. I think that's something they like to establish. I don't think anything is determined right now on that front. Uh, but I think it's just turning this around and making a winning football team, making the playoffs, winning a playoff game. I think th- those are very important things for Danny Machocha, for Mario Cicchini, their president, and their owner, Gary Stern, just for the viability of the franchise, uh, for the growth of the franchise. This city will support a winner, no doubt about it. But if you are sitting with five, six wins every single year, it'll be hard to make people come out. Well, speaking of the playoffs, it'll likely have to go through uh, through the Tide Cats, whether that's uh, hosting or whether it's getting by them in the, in the regular season. Uh, should make for a good one on Saturday and uh, another good one a few weeks after that. Uh, Sean, appreciate this as always. Thank you for doing this. No problem. Anytime. That is Sean Campbell, the play-by-play voice of the Montreal Alouettes on TSN 690 in Montreal. This has been Speaking with the Enemy, and hey, it's time to get together and with redtag.ca, you can book your group vacation now and pay later, interest-free, plus get a chance to win back up to $25,000 in cash back. Visit redtag.ca slash group offers for full details. I'm Louis Butko for the Ticats Audio Network. Hoping you have a great day. Mm-hmm.